This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. Awesome. This week, we've got, we're kicking off with a film I've been really looking forward to seeing, uh, Jacob's Wife, starring Larry Fessenden and Barbara Crampton. Uh, then we have Silencio, um, The Protégé, starring Michael Keaton and Maggie Q. And then uh, The Serpent, going to be really interesting talking about that one. Uh, the short shot this week is Fueled, and our DTV throwback is Savaged. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Jacob's wife. Anne Fedder has long been the dutiful wife for her husband, Jacob, who is the local minister. However, one night, Anne is attacked by a vampire, which gives her a new perspective on life, love and marriage. Um, I'm kicking this straight over to Steve. What did you make of Jacob's wife? Uh, I just found this enjoyable. It was really good. Um, I saw the trailer a while back and was interested and then found out it was it's a Shudder original remember rightly um so I was a bit disappointed because I thought I, don't, I wouldn't get six I don't have a subscription but then obviously it's coming out on DVD uh and we were sent a copy and I thought it was actually really good what, what I was surprised in is the way that it it's not just a horror there's more to it than that you know obviously there's the, the the marriage between the vicar and his, I'm sorry, minister and his wife, and the way that the the master vampire is trying to not be a feminist but take away men's um, ruling of, of of the women that she's changing and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I just thought it, it was really good. The only thing that I didn't really like about it was. The gushing blood, if you know what I mean, with the vampire attacks. Yeah. It kind of turned into like a Japanese style ninja film with all the blood spurting out. You know, it's that bit kind of took me out of the film a little bit. But apart from that, uh, I found it really enjoyable. I thought it was really good. Cool. Uh, Rich, what did you make of Jacob's wife? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because, like Steve says, it's it's more than just one thing. It is kind of, it is like a almost ginger snaps is kind of the one that always pops into my head. But it's like a mm. a, a met, uh, it's an empowerment story. You know, it's it's mm. this woman who, you know, just sort of comes yeah. out of us. This thing happens and that brings it out, and you know, she becomes a, a, a much stronger character and stuff. Um, but also, yeah, it's this portrait of a marriage kind of movie. You know, it's about the rest. Um, the title is quite interesting because it's, it. you know, she is the focus, but by virtue of the way the title, it, Jacob's Wife, it puts her in the background. You know, mm. she is a supplementary yeah, exactly. yeah. figure <laughs> and it's all about her sort of stepping forward. Um, and yeah, the the vampire, I like the OTT gore stuff. It does sort of, it, it is a mix because it, it does sort of feel like it's coming in from a different kind of movie. But I yeah. did really enjoy it. Uh, it was quite. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in there for the for the gore fans. Um, 
Barbara Crampton, who was a sort of a driving force behind this film, I think to, to a large extent, you know, she was, uh, I think she's quite a proactive producer on it. Mm. And yeah, you can see what attracted, I mean, she goes all in on this, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a great performance. Um, Larry Fessenden is really good. And it's just the sort of the funny interplays that they have and, you know, the little quirks and uh, stuff like nothing sort of, things don't necessarily play out how you would expect, you know, the sort of, uh, it, it, it takes the same sort of angle as something like a rose that we watch mm. without the sort of um, misery or, or yeah, without the misery yeah. or um, the heartbeat, um, Yes, heart, you know, heart, yeah. yeah, you know the one I mean. Mm. So it, it touches on these very familiar themes, but it does it in a very kind of l lighter, playful way. Now, the in terms of the vampire stuff, I thought uh, I think it was Amelia, the young girl mm. who gets turned at the start. I thought her, you know, makeup effects and everything were fantastic. The the master vampire, uh, the, all the vampires have got this kind of Salem's Lot design. Yeah, you know Nosferatu, yeah. Salem's Lot kind of thing going on, and um, I thought the the master vampire just it the the makeup effects just sort I don't know if it was by design or anything, but it did look a bit cheap, you know, not as impressive as some of the other. Say Amelia's makeup and that mm. looked, looked a bit better. The for me, um, and what else? No, I think that's that's pretty that's pretty much the end of my comments for now. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It certainly is. I I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, Barbara Crampton's in it. You know, she's very interesting. Uh, uh, obviously, she made a mark in the eighties with you know Reanimator and um, From Beyond, mm -hmm. um, and. Sort of largely sort of disappeared or sort of seemed to disappear off my radar for, for a long time until she popped up in uh, We Are Still Here, which if you haven't mm. seen it, you really should. Um, I think you sent me a copy to watch. And I think so. Watched, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. bloody good. But, you know, in, in that... and. Um, you know, She's yeah. become one of the stalwarts now. She has, of, yeah. Of there, there's that other one we saw, wasn't there, about the, the, the baby switched at birth? Remember yeah, that one? the reborn, oh. the reborn one. Yeah, she, she's and, done and, other stuff like Beyond the Gates and yeah. All but she was really good in that, in that particular mm. one. She really shone, um, and in this, you know, she she is absolutely superb. You know, but firstly, as the sort of put upon wife, who's you know, she's her husband keeps talking over her and you know and interrupting her and you know, and she's suddenly slowly coming out of her shell sort of thing, you know, um, even without the vampire, she, you know, she was risking uh, seeing an old flame and this sort of thing going on. Yeah, who was who was the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street, which I was like watching it, I was thinking, is that is that, that guy from Nightmare on oh, yeah. And then I watched the credits and I was like, yeah, it actually is. Oh. It's like, he's obviously awesome. aged quite considerably, but uh, yeah, yeah Rob, Robert Russler, I, I think. Was right. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I just love the sort of the various beats of this you know the whole thing with the master the rats um i think it just really really worked and and yeah the, the as you say the it's it's not so much is it is it is this it is kind of a feminist thing but it's more a case of shining a torch on the oppression of of sort of the male mm. characters in this e even when he goes through something similar, you know, it, it, the, the way things pan out at the end, you know, um, I, I, th I thought was sort of really well done. 
and and the final shot as well um it's just awesome yeah i i just thoroughly like this the um you know some great sort of black humor in it all the way through um when they're trying to dispose of one of the bodies i thought it was sort of very amusing oh, yeah. the thing, the, <laughs> yeah, thing with the, yeah. the thing with the police um yeah and it, the little just, girl obviously and the little girl as well <laughs> yeah yeah still I still think the policeman's got the best line in the film <laughs> when he just says, "Yeah, this isn't my thing; it's yours." <laughs> yeah, it's a domestic disturbance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's really cool. This um, the cinematography in this is also superb, um, as, as it needs to be to sort of show show the sort of the different, you know, the, the various um, mm. sort of you know darkness and light sort of elements. Um, and there's one particular bit where Anne is sort of dancing around her living room when she, when she decides to rearrange the furniture on her own and things like this. And uh, she picks up the table lamp and sort of dancing with it. And the, and the way her her face lights up with with the you know light from underneath, it, it really does give us this sort of uh, sort of ghoulish um, expression mm. on her face. So it's, uh, it's just very very well done. Yeah, this is um, definitely a highlight for January. Um, and I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. So, Steve, what do you reckon? Yeah, Mark, give it an 8 as well. Mm-hmm. And Rich? Yes, uh, I'm oh, I'm actually going to go 7 on this one, actually. Mm, setting the bar a bit lower. <laughs> well, I just think, it, would I watch it again, is kind of my thing of an oh. 8. And, uh, and I was thinking, no, I think I've, I think I've, oh, I've seen it. I'm, I'm one and done on this one. I yeah. liked it. I did really like it, but it's not something I'm inclined to revisit. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, mm. last last year we had a bit of a renaissance for werewolf movies. You know, mm. and I'm kind of hoping, yeah. you know, off the back of this, maybe, maybe we'll get a few more sort of decent vampire movies this year. Nothing like bloody... My heart was a new Orleans. Vampires in New Orleans. Yes, give me more. Oh. I'd, I'd rather watch Vampires of New Orleans. But it didn't have any vampires in it. <laughs> Neither did my heart won't beat. To, you know, so yeah. Oh, a different kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no. Pro- <laughs> g- give us some proper blood and guts vampires, please. Somebody. Anyway, you like that but, Salem's lotty kind of design with the teeth. I, I do. It was different. Yeah. Yeah, because it was it, it, it sort of fed into the whole thing with the rats as well, didn't it? You know, yeah. so they saw like mm. so, you know they, they saw rodent teeth. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought all that worked really well. Yeah, I loved her. So, yeah. when she went to the dentist as well. That, that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole Melvin starts burning. Yeah, that was quite funny. I, I mean, yeah. I get I get where you're coming from, Rich. That with the master did look slightly cheap. I'll be honest, but it, yeah, I think that's kind of the, what they were going for but it, it didn't take away from mm. anything you know no it was really good I, to be honest i didn't realize the master was female until quite late in the film i didn't, I didn't realize what they were getting at and, and, and mm-hmm. you know for quite a while because yeah. i thought it was just sort of a a particular look that they were going for and i didn't kind of pick up on the feminine features and stuff. <laughs> yeah 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 so two eights and a seven for Jacob's wife. Um, it is available on DVD now, but if you are a subscriber to the horror channel Shudder, you can pick it up for free. Our next review is Silencio. When her son is kidnapped, Anna must locate a mysterious stone which her grandfather discovered decades earlier and may possess strange powers. Um, I really wanted to like this. 
it's time travel it, it's it's mystery it's all this sort of stuff but at the heart of it it's a bunch of very strange performances um i do like the fact that john noble's in this um, I, I quite liked fringe um, the tv series which sort of followed on from the x-files you know trying to be x-filey kind of thing that was kind of good and so it was interesting to see him in this um but I don't know, I just found the pacing a bit too slow. You know, it didn't really sort of go anywhere for long periods. But anyway, um, Steve, what did you make of this? Yeah, I'm, prob- I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Mike. It was very weirdly paced, um, jumping about all over the place. The twist, you could see it coming a mile off. Um, it just seemed very, very flat. I don't know, it was like nothing really happened. And one thing, you know, if you've got a time travel or mystical or, you know, stone that's got powers and stuff like that, you need to really set the rules of what the powers are. And it it doesn't really do anything like that. Hmm. One minute it, it can send you back in time, it can do this, it can do that. It just didn't, didn't sit well with me. And it, yeah, it was just very flat. I mean, I think the script could have done with another polish, to be fair. Um, <clears throat> it was it was filmed well. It looked, looked good. The performances, again, were a bit all over. I mean, I know you just mentioned, is it Trevor? Um, uh, J- John Noble. John Noble, yeah. Mm. I didn't like him. I didn't like him in this at all. <laughs> I thought he was... I don't know, just too... Something creepy about him. I know he's supposed to be a nice grandfather, but he just, it was unsettling. I really didn't like him. But it's good to see um, Rupert Graves. Yes. Um, I've not seen him in anything really since Sherlock, I don't think. Mm. Uh, it's been a while. I, I might have seen him in bits of things, but not really, not really noticed. But again, it, it was just a bit flat. I don't know. It was just, so middle of the road, it was untrue, and nothing really happened. I think, yeah. I think, I think that's yeah. That that expression sort of nails this one. It is, it is very sort of middle of the road. It's not terrible. It's techni- you know, technically, it's it's well produced film. It's mm. just the script um, is yeah. It's, it's just a sort of meandering pace, and and yeah, you know, the, what what should be, what, you know, the, the the plot points which should be giving the film some urgency. Um, you know, are just flat, you know, they're just, yeah. there's very little tension. There's, there's one sort of bit towards the end with the sort of torture scene and stuff where things finally happen for a little bit. But other than that, e- even that ends up not really having any consequence. Yeah. But there you go. So what are you yeah. going to score this one, Steve? Five. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Two fives. Right, five you- right down the middle. Before you move on, um, it's a Mexican film, isn't it? That's, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it, it caught my eye that it was Rupert Graves and everything, but it it's, it seems to be a Mexican production. It's it's English and Mexican, basically. Right, okay. Um, yeah, but is it set in Mexico? It's set in Mexico. Yeah, so oh. it's set in this this area. I can't remember, is it called the Bay of Silence or the Valley Bay of Silence? Bay of Silence. Yeah. yeah oh, we watched a film called Bay of Silence, didn't we? Good night. 
Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah, you didn't like right. it. <laughs> oh, okay. Olga Kurilenko. Yeah, it was shy. Oh yeah, yeah. And, well, well, this apparently is is um, an area of desert yeah. in in mm. Mexico, which um, attracts a lot of meteorites and, and no sort of radios or oh, okay. phones work in that area. And it's supposedly on the on the same longitude as um, the Bermuda Triangle. Right. Okay. So it gives a bit of mystery. And and you know, to be fair, the early scenes which were set in 1970. Mm. Uh, to do with mm. a, a a rocket which should crash landed in, in that area after hitting a meteorite or something. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, the weird... for me, not, not from, on the outside, having not seen it, the setup sounds really interesting because the title is quite enigmatic mm. and the cast is quite interesting. It, it, is yeah. it like, so yeah. is it what sort of budget range are we sort of looking at in terms of? Um... Does it there's feel no, like there's a no TV actual special effects? There's, there's no actual special effects other than the car crash. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's you know there's a fair number of extras and things sort of knocking mm-hmm. around. Um, yeah, that's and, uh, about yeah twenty mil, probably less. Yeah, is it like um yeah. like that? Uh, was it? I keep coming back to this film about the couple who go on holiday and they or, or they go to visit that guy and they stay in his house and it's a psychological. Oh, the, the French one. I think it was French. Oh, and then they yeah, shot it in yeah. English, and um, Stephen Brand was the. Is it is it that sort of atmosphere to it, or no? no. It's, it's, that's the problem. It doesn't really have any atmosphere. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's all very flat, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame. But there you go. Yeah. So I'm sticking with that. Two fives for Silencio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be out on DVD soon. So go check it out. Our next review is The Protégé. When her mentor and father figure is murdered, a highly skilled operative called Anna must travel back to Vietnam from where she'd been rescued as a child to discover who was behind the assassination. Um, This is a bit of a humdinger, guys, and and a nice coup for um, Amazon Prime. Picking this one up, directed by Martin Campbell, who'd done such films as GoldenEye in the past and uh, The Foreigner with uh, Jackie Chan. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It is nothing new, obviously. It's another female assassin story. Um, but it's done with aplomb, basically. And, and, and um, you know, high, high, um, highly bolstered with a performance from Michael Keaton as um, sort of the opposite number. So, Steve, did you get on with this one? I did and I didn't. Um, <clears throat> I thought the performance was great. Michael Keaton just proving again what a fucking legend he is. I'm sorry, but when he comes out with that line, what are you going to do, kill me or fuck me? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably fuck you, to be honest. Man. He's <laughs> so fucking good in this. Um, Maggie Q is great. Sam Jackson's great. The only thing I did find was it was quite confusing. I... Half the time, I didn't have a clue what was going on or why there was the revenge plot. And I'm still not 100% sure, to be honest, having watched it even till the end. But, yeah, the fight scenes were great. Um, And it it just rollicks along at absolutely manic speed. And it it is really, really enjoyable. It's just a little bit too confusing for my liking. I just think it could have been a little bit clearer. You know, mm. 
you get three quarters of the way through and someone pops up, shall we say? I don't want to go into spoilers or anything. And I was just like, what the fuck? Hang on. <laughs> Basically, the motivation <laughs> for the whole movie yeah. kind of is negated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So I still didn't get why it carried on or what what they were trying to achieve. So that's that's my big big niggle with it. But apart mm. from that, yeah, it's high, highly enjoyable. It is interesting um, trying to figure out what Samuel L. Jackson's sort of whole setup is. You know, him him and Maggie Q. Mm. In that, you know, the description in IMDb just calls them assassins, for example. But there is. You know, they, they do seem to be sort of like white hat assassins in that, you know, they only kill bad guys or people who are, yeah. who are wanted, you know, wanted for war crimes and all this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, assassins and highly paid for it. Um, so, so, yeah, how, how that sort of, te- you know, dovetails into, into the plot is um, not, not quite clear. Anyway, um, Rich, how did you find the protege it's you know it's a big budget very polished production I, I feel a little bit bad for martin campbell that is i think this is like the second film in a row mm, the, the foreigner went straight to netflix didn't that it? went to netflix mm. this has gone to, so uh, you know he's a british british filmmaker and he can't get his films on, on cinema screens uh you know recently um i think don't they they both got scenes shot in uh in british because like, um the uh, the protege has some scenes shot in London, I think. Yeah, the books, the uh, bookshop yeah. was in London, and obviously the foreigner yeah. was, uh, was a lot of that, if not all of it, I can't remember, was set in London, a sort of island. Uh, did it go to? I can't remember. Anyway, it was a few mm. years ago. I wasn't so struck on the foreigner. I did like this. The um, it's. I find it really interesting that Maggie Maggie Q kind of came from making like Hong Kong. She made like Naked Weapon. Yeah, in like 2002 and here she is basically doing the same film again almost you know she's 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 done lots of other things but she's still mm. cast in she's still being returned cast in very similar roles um you could you could double bill these i think they'd be a really interesting i mean i haven't watched naked weapon for a long time but I think it would be really interesting to watch the two side by side, you know, and, and you you see her when she, you see her like twenty, or practically twenty years ago, because this came out just at the end of last year, mm. uh, right at the end of last year, um, and uh, yeah, twenty years has passed. So interesting to look at, at, the, at from that perspective. Michael Keaton got top billing on the poster and everything, which I think yeah, is really unfair. I think that, that's yeah, a bit unfair that is because it's not like Maggie Q is a nobody. She, mm. As I'm just saying, she's mm. been around for 20 years plus and, you know, has a very solid career as, you know, has been leading lady in, in many a film as well mm-hmm. as sort of high profile roles in, you know, Mission, again, Impossible, three. Mission Impossible again, which is kind of basically the same thing as this again, mm. all that mm-hmm. same, same kind of stuff, which she can do, uh, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, obviously she did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's paid her dues and that and she, you know, she can still... Uh, you know, she can she can do all this stuff as well as as you know any anyone yeah. else basically. And, and she yeah. can you know she she can stand toe to toe with Michael Keaton and yeah. and not be acted mm. off the screen. You know that's that, that's um, a plus in her favor as well. I did think it was. I, I don't know if you got this, 
for for me the whole uh, the vibe between uh between her character and michael keaton's character was a was like a complete echo of batman returns all their scenes mm. are like him mm. are like batman and catwoman for me mm. uh, and i don't know if that was in, you know something intentional that he was sort of oh yeah i kind of liked you know because that was one of the key uh, the spiky, you know, relationship between those two characters who are yeah. essentially in conflict. Um, uh, so I, I did like that about this because I do like Batman Returns. Uh, yes, um, Michael Keaton's really good. The um, I love seeing Patrick Malahide mm. in there because uh, mm. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Why is he here? So, so he turns up in the most random places sometimes. Um, the uh, I'm, I did think when he came on, I was like, he's not going to be in this for very long, is he? Because <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's one of those character actors. He just, he's not going to be like the big bad of, of the movie. Um, uh, and there's some nice little twists there. And also we got um, uh, Florian, I'm going to butcher his name, Florian Persheets Jr., who's a Romanian uh, actor, done a couple of films with uh, Steven Seagal. He was like a Steven Seagal villain in End, End of a Gun, I think it was. Um, so I quite enjoyed seeing him turn up as kind of a, a main heavy kind of character. Um, <laughs> and I didn't notice her, but I checked the IMDb. Tanya Keller played Anna's mother when she was younger. So that's, that's quite right. interesting. She's kind of an um, interesting, you know, stunt woman and actress. Done quite a lot of stuff, including short films that we've seen. So, yeah, there's lots to recommend here, I think. Absolutely. No, this, mm. this is, you know, it, it's... Very familiar ground, um, but it but very, it's very, very well familiar done. ground. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, I know. And and the thing is, we got more <clears> of this stuff <throat> to come. You know, we got we we still haven't had gunpowder milkshake released in this country yet, and and now yes, there's the really when yeah, gunpowder milkshake came out last went year. to Sky. Oh, uh, see, that's why. Yeah, it would have come out. Sky. I think I don't know if it came out in cinemas, but they usually put them in cinemas. But with COVID and everything, I'm not sure if it actually got mm. in, but. But yeah, it did. But, it was quite a high profile release about August last year. All right. Yeah. Well, pass me by because I don't have Sky. Um, but we, we also got the 355 currently doing the rounds with, with very sort of mixed reviews. Um, but, you know, it might be the, the death knell for the genre for a while at least. But um, we'll, we'll see. But this is, this is, you know, very, very well done indeed. So definitely and go check it out. Yeah, I didn't mention Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah, you know, you get your Samuel L. Jackson fix in this. Definitely, he's like properly Samuel mm. L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, he, so he gets he gets some good scenes and stuff. It's kind of a, a three hand. It's kind of those three people, but there's a number mm. of say other supporting players and that. But yeah, it's um, you know, you can't go wrong. You know, big big budget. Michael Campbell, Martin Campbell. Sorry, Martin movie. Campbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. if you're on if you got Prime, yeah, mm. definitely check it out. Absolutely. So scores on the doors, guys. Uh, Steve? Uh, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich? I'm going to give it a seven. One negative is that I think it's way too long. I think they, they, they really sort of spin it out. It's like it's nearly two hours long and it didn't need to be that long. Mm, yeah, probably. Um, oh, I'm, I'm tempted to give it an eight. Tempted. Uh, mainly for like two scenes. One is what happens when she goes to visit that that industrialist guy in his, in his office mm. uh, and Patrick Malahide. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And the other is the whole shebang when she actually gets c- captured and 
St. Michael Keaton's sort of, you know, um, second in command, thinks he can do a better job. All that bit I thought was really, really good. Mm. So I'm tempted. In fact, I am. I'm going to give it an eight. If, if this is released on, on Blu-ray or DVD, I'd pick it up and it'll be part of my collection. So there you go. Two sevens and an eight for The Protégé, currently showing on Amazon Prime in the UK. Go check it out. Our next review is The Serpent. Lucinda Kavsky is a CIA operative working for a very covert division. When she agrees to replace a colleague on a secret mission, she is exposed to a nefarious assassination plot, which will remain dormant for years before activated. I'm going to throw this straight over to Steve. What are your thoughts on The Serpent? Right. I'm going to be quite kind and say absolute dog shit. I'm sorry, but it was terrible. It's looking into it. <laughs> Uh, look, looking at it, it's a vanity project for G.S. Gover. Yep. I, pre- I presume. You know, stars in it, directs it, writes it, writes the theme tune, sings the theme tune, all that kind of shit. It doesn't, is... do, her own, doesn't do her own dialogue, though. Although well, I don't ne- necessarily think that was her choice. I don't, to be honest, I don't think anybody did. It was that badly dubbed, all of it. And it's just awful the, the plot's ridiculous the cgi is absolutely terrible the performances are awful i think the guy who was actually shooting it was either on you remember the old vibrating things that you're supposed to lose weight mm-hmm. when you turn it on because the camera just cannot keep still every second it's moving and there's not, I don't think there's one shot in the whole thing that he's still, I mean, there's one bit where I think it's supposed to be following a car above, like, a, you know, a, a, a bird's eye view of the car. And it can't even keep the car in the middle of the screen. The car's going from the, to the back of the screen, to the front of the screen, to the left. It, everything about it is just inept. It was absolutely terrible. All of it. You know, on one level, Steve, I, I totally agree with you. I, I was going to be incredibly snarky about this because um, I was watching it last night. I think I fell asleep at one point. No, that's not actually the film's fault. It's just me sort of fatigued. But, you know, I was, I was going to be really snarky and sort of start off by going, Steve, what the hell did we just watch? Um, but the thing is, I've been binge watching um, Red Eye reviews uh, on, on, on YouTube and they've been covering all of Steven Seagal's films like from the start all the way through. And I'm sort of like in kind of the middle part of those. Right. So things like End of the Gun, Submerged, Out for a Kill, all this sort of stuff. And as inept as um, Giascova's film is, um, for a first attempt, it's still better than a lot of Seagal's stuff. And Seagal, you know, Seagal's movies are produced by people who are supposedly good at this and and more experienced and, um, you know, worked on other films. So, okay, that's a pretty low bar. But at the same time, I'm thinking there's 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 an element of hope 
that she may actually sort of develop to be a reasonably decent DTV sort of director at some stage with, with some coaching, you know, in, in the right hands. This, this is... This isn't it. This isn't it, no. This, but this, this is, <laughs> as a starter for 10, this is, you know, it, it, it's low. But at the same time, as I said, you know, compared to some of the other films we've seen by more seasoned directors, um, I, I think for somebody who's sort of finding her way and actually managed to sort of put together an actual film as, as sort of muddled and, and confusing as it is at times, um, I don't hate it. I actually don't hate it. Rich, maybe you can find some middle ground between us. No, I think that's really, that is interesting, the, the sort of comparison to some of the Steven Seagal films. I think you've made some really interesting uh, points there. I mean, it is, it, it, in a lot of ways, it is as muddled and confusing and, you know, funnily enough, dubbed as, as a lot of those sort of mid to late or, yeah, sort of early, to, well, 2000s, the films he made mainly in the 2000s mm. uh, are a lot, a, lot, a lot like that. Yeah, I was I was I was curious about this one. Yeah, a, a vanity project from a, you know first time filmmaker, first time you, you know leading. She's done some acting, but you know this is her sort of putting herself front and center. She clearly wants to be Angelina Jolie, mm. and you know mm. some of the scenes. I think some of the scenes do work to an extent. Uh, this, but in in a very formulaic fashion, the you know this is kind of another film in in sort of that same kind of genre as as the protege to an extent um it, it sort of it it was it was very it was it was very much in a rush and i actually re-watched the i watched the first 20 minutes and then i re-watched because i was so confused and i was thinking i've, I've got to go i've got to go back and like take notes and look at mm. this properly mm. it kind of wrong-footed me at the start because the title comes up immediately there's no sort of lead into the title it's literally bump the title and off you go and then there's some guys uh dealing with a crime scene there's a bit of jokiness and stuff in a rather inappropriate manner uh, uh the guy gets a phone call which was a bit confusing and then he goes to to out to his car and then giascova turns up in in his car and just sort of you know he's, he's a bit taken aback but there mm. the way the scene unfolds every moment i was like well, hang on, why is this happening? <laughs> I was like, what, what, what's that? Yeah. It's like, why is he not taken her into custody yeah. and gone down to the station? All this sort of stuff. And he goes, they say, oh yeah, let's go for a drive. And, you know, he talks to her. And then, and then they literally cut. They do like a, a, a time jump when they're in the car. Mm. So like to a few minutes later where he's basically saying, oh yeah, well, we've got to stop, uh, you know, we've got to sort out this problem with these, with these children that are going to explode. And yeah, I believe you. I, I believe everything you're saying. And I was like, on, on what basis? <laughs> <laughs> on what basis yeah. is he believing that she's dealing with <laughs> this bizarre oh, well, thing because, involving... Because of the, 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 the van full of heavies, which pulled up behind him as soon as they started yeah, driving. For the, for the, for the very exciting car chase, uh, mm. <laughs> which, which mm. seems to have just taken place on like a little narrow stretch of road. And... Uh, yeah, it was like I was like, and then all of a sudden after that scene, oh, here, no, sorry. Uh, towards I, I could I'm going to elaborate on this a bit. So they um, they're being chased by this guy. He's leaning out the car, shooting at them. The their yeah. car apparently the brakes fail or whatever, and but they manage to stop the car. The bad guy gets out, 
and literally just stands at the window holding the gun. And he's, he's just been shooting at them like crazy. And now that they've stopped, he's just he's just sort of nervously sort of twitching around. And then somebody shoots him. And then the CIA director mm. turns up out of nowhere, looking all disheveled with a massive gun. And I was like, why is the CIA director <laughs> in the field, you know, yeah. shooting? <laughs> and that's never explained. But then, it, then they go back. Then suddenly they're in a meeting. And they talk to this guy who says, as they said, what, what, what do you want? You know, it's like, I want absolute effing power. And it was like, oh, God, it's so badly mm. written. And so we know this is the bad guy kind of thing. And then it becomes this extended flashback. That's kind of all been like in the media res kind of thing. And, and yeah, the way it unfolds is just, it's very confusing. I, I don't think it's as, it's not Code of Cain or Warrior Savitri level. Mm. unfortunately in terms of a bad movie I it's, think, it's not I think, so bad it's enjoy, you know i, I think mm, to, an, to an extent i think i think you've got to i think some you know if you're a bad movie enthusiast i think you've got to see it i mean yeah if i don't i can't is there another film made by uh, i mean apart from like michael you know we've got like michael flatley's film that's never been released mm. but that had things like you know he had he put some money in that he got like eric roberts and whatever this one is like you know, it's a Russian supermodel. That's what that's what this is missing. This is this missing a, day, a day's work from Eric Roberts. Yeah, I mean, and that, this is exactly that would the kind of thing. The you know, I kind of expected like fucking Steve Gottenberg to turn up. You know, like he did not that, that original, original gangster. gangster yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Plus, yes. not, not like what that. The, but, I mean, yeah. Go on. No, but what? There's another thing that so she gets um, she gets hold of one of these kids who's got this, it turns out it's a nanotechnology, she's got a chip in her head, no explanation mm. of how that's going to actually cause a big explosion or whatever. But then again, mm. there is a precedent for that because um, Jean-Claude Van Damme did knock off where the rivets on jeans were mm. explosive and stuff. But um, so she basically forces this guy to do surgery, complex neurosurgery. And he's, she's one minute she says, I'll be there to assist you. I'm going to force you to do this, but I'll be there to assist you. And the very next scene, she's like, I've got to leave you to it. I'm going. <laughs> so he's got no one's out. And, and then he's apparently he's just done this, this really difficult surgery to extract a, uh, this explosive device completely by himself <laughs> in like a, in like this, the most non-surgical looking room you've seen. It's like an off, like, well, just an empty room, basically, you know, the budget yeah. uh, limitations are apparent throughout. Um, but it is, you know, it is amusing in places. It's it's got, you know, for the wrong reasons, obviously. But the um, it's got. I, I did like the the framing of some of the action. I thought, you know, if they shot it, you know, they they got some mm -hmm. things. I mean, there there's weird things like there's like a dream sequence action scene. So it's. It, it's there's like a scene where she fights some people down a corridor or whatever, but it's got nothing to do with anything. It's like she was unconscious at the time. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's there's the, oh the, so here's the other thing. So she went on this mission. Then she ended up getting arrested, which I don't really even remember actually happening. And all of a sudden she's in prison for like five years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in full makeup, <laughs> and she like escapes in like the the most ridiculous way. You know, she literally just walks out of prison. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, no, she doesn't. 
No, well, they poisoned the they poisoned the book that she was sort of flicking through. So she licked her fingers as she's turning the pages. Yeah. Everyone thinks she's dead. They take her to the morgue, but put her in one of those sort of slab things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she walks out. Then she walks out. Yeah, but she again, she's not. Made, she just it, sort of gets up and walks out of the prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was a similar scene to that. It's like, okay, she's got this girl that she's looking after and trying to protect. So they go to a spa. To, to like get in disguise to get changed you know they're mm. being pursued so they go to the spa and whatever and they say oh look, put these different clothes on or whatever and again they basically walk out past the bad guys looking exactly the same <laughs> that's not even really a disguise like it's a hat <laughs> you know, you know like the, they, and the sunglasses i just like they're not going to recognize this little yeah. girl because she's wearing a hat and <laughs> they're looking for a, a woman and a little girl, uh, but she had and they, been they're not a... going to think to actually stop them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she had been wearing a, a black wig. Oh yeah, so, well yeah. That, so yeah, there yeah. is that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the bit that got me right is when he's doing the operation on the girl. Yeah, and yeah. all the soldiers turn up outside or whatever. Yeah, and she drops a grenade and blows the whole the whole the bottom floor out with this grenade. And then two seconds later, all the soldiers walk back in again, and there's no damage whatsoever. All the doors yeah. are still there. The windows are still fine. Nothing's been blown up whatsoever. Is that the bit where she goes on the zip line as well? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus that's Christ. That's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> it, it's say, just... I, think, I think this has got, I mean, this has got value. This has got entertainment value. It, it's completely yeah, confusing. It's better entertainment value, but it's not a good film. No, it's terrible. This is, no, it is really bad. It's been awful. Yeah. But given the choice, Steve, given the choice yeah. between watching this or watching the latest Bruce Willis film, which would you choose? You, no, you can't. You can't say that, Mike. That's that's <laughs> <is> wrong. <laughs> I know. It's, it's it's like choosing between the bubonic plague and the Ebola, isn't it? So, like, which which? Yeah, do you I mean, do? thing is at least. But this is the thing. Least, yeah, I mean, although in a similar vein to that, in in, in, a, in a similar vein to Apex, I'm sure there's a scene in this where a woman comes in and she says, "Why are you sitting in the dark?" And I'm like. But he's not in the dark. The lights are on. <laughs> it's like he's in a he's in a well lit office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think th I think a lot of this is is it. Whoever edited it is as much as to fault as as um you know. Um, oh, it was it was Gio. edited with a butcher's so, cleaver. It is. I mean, it really was. Yeah. There, there's one bit um, when. Was it a bar or a strip joint or something? It was, she goes oh, yeah, into a yeah. bar and she kills this guy. That, I mean, that conversation was hilarious as well. Mm. You know, and um, she kills him. And it cuts sort of later on when it's a crime scene. And you get like two seconds of it. And then it cuts straight back outside to mm. like the, the, the mm. detective arriving. And it's like, why? Why did he? Because nothing happened in that two seconds at all. Why well, did you feel there's the other bits? Yeah, I mean, but oh. there's other bits where they, yeah. there's something is about to happen. Yeah, and it literally just cuts away and, and goes to something else. Mm. It's just like it's it's in such a rush. It's like, right, we're about to go on this mission. Oh, oh we're not going to see. Oh, 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 here's another thing. Mm. What about the overacting guy on the plane, who was like, was oh, just... they were saying, oh, he's he's got like this 
allergy or something, you know, to, to mm. that. No, that have... never went anywhere. He's just hysterical. Yeah. And then he uh, turns up again well. at the There's end. So many... <laughs> oh, is that, uh, the, do- is that the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Scientist. Absolutely yeah. terrible. It's like, was... I don't know. It's like <laughs> he's been on fucking 10 grams of whiz or something. The, the way he's acting <laughs> at the end. But it doesn't go anywhere, no. does it? I mean, it's like no. they, they do. Yeah. They introduce these things, and, yeah. and it's just like happening. It's like, and then they're going on this mission, but then they don't really show that. All of a sudden, the mission's over, and they say, then she gets like arrested. It really reminds me. It does of like like Mike said, some of those Steven Seagal movies from like Today mm. You Die does a lot of this kind of stuff. So all, all, so all of a sudden mm. he's in prison. Oh, all of a sudden he's escaped. It's like all, uh, the mm. plot keeps sort of changing. Or they, they introduce these elements, and then they don't actually resolve them and. The, the, this film ends in a really weird way. It's, it's like they're given a choice budget-wise, isn't it? It's like, well, I, either you can do this whole thing sort of rescuing kids on on this boat, or you can you can defeat the bad guy. <laughs> you, know, you can't have mm. both. <laughs> so one one of them was like incredibly rushed. It could have, they could have easily gone the other way. So it had a big fight with a bad guy at the end, yeah. and then someone goes, "Oh yeah, we rescued the kids." Yeah, that'll be it. Bad guys scenes are like basically this, you know, they're shot in like this really nondescript sort of like plan nine. It it looks like my current office is what it. Yeah, it could have been. I say home office. All all those guys, all those scenes were shot there. Hmm. Just get Eric Roberts to do that. It would have immediately made it a bit more exciting and interesting, even though he's actually not interacting with anyone except for the hysterical guy, you know. The the the, yeah. the I mean the no. the dialogue being written by you know say Gia Scott the dialogue well, she, wrote, yeah, she wrote the script yeah yeah she wrote the script I mean weird things like you know um, some of the way she the way the characters talk it just doesn't feel natural it feels like mm. I mean maybe it's an English as a second language thing you know she's Russian she's she's learned English and then she's writing a a script in English mm. and using things slightly incorrectly or something I don't know but like, it just doesn't it's got this weird flavor to it and say it's just some of it's just mad and i just think it's very yeah it's not mad it's not mad enough to be mm. say a, a, a you know an all-timer it's getting there it's, get, it's yeah, getting yeah it's close it's, it's like close. a runner-up definitely yeah definitely yeah it's our first crazy film of the year put it that way but oh what yeah, about the music think... sorry the music just mm. weird themes that just don't fit any no. scene that they're in, <laughs> it's like the, it just nothing connects. The the dots just do not con, do not connect on any of it. Anyway, I could ramble on about this. We could, time, so. yeah. But this is you know it's yeah. our first film behind the camera. Um, it's terrible. We, I think we all agree. We're not we're not going to sugarcoat this. It's a bad film. But at the same, there's time, a drinking game. There's a drinking game in it. There's like, a drinking definitely. game definitely. <laughs> but at the same time, you know. People have made careers making this sort of film, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just hope, you know, pe- people's careers have ended up making this kind of film, you know, Seagal and Willis. I'm looking at you guys. Um, so I think, you know, the only way is up, really. I'm, I'm hoping, I'd like to see her do another film. I really would. Why is it rushing? With, with, with a agent? bit of coaching. Is- Who, who's that guy? Who's that guy um, that did the Black Rose thing? Um, Black Rose. Yeah. The Black Rose. It was, it was the Russian detective who comes to America on a case. Oh, Alexander Nevsky. Nevsky, that's it. Yeah. 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 Maybe team up with him. That'd be. Oh, that would be impressive. That would be awesome. I was thinking, she's 
she's Russian in, although they dub her with this English accent. Yeah, which is she's weird because she's to be, supposed to be American. Yeah. Well, she's supposed to be working for the CIA. Yeah, her her name yeah. her first name is definitely supposed to be Russian. They uh, or or mm. her last name is anyway. I think she's definitely supposed to be like a a Russian, but her voice uh, they dubbed her voice. But why is she working? For, it doesn't. Doesn't they work. don't kind of fit it. No, I mean, I well, you could say that for any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, basically. or Seagal movie. He's Australian. He's Australian. Or Jean Claude Van Damme. You know, they're all, they're all from other countries and they work yeah. for the CIA or whatever. So yeah. fair enough. But yeah, I'll give them that. Okay, fair enough. But just that, I don't know. Just uh, it, it. Do you know what was it, weird? It, yeah. What was weird about this particular <laughs> episode? Well, no, but this episode in particular that we're recording tonight, the first three films that we reviewed, all the female protagonists were called Anna. Oh, or Anne, funny. you know, variations of Anne. And I was like, when <laughs> I was sort of putting this together, trying to remember her name, I'm thinking, please, please be Anne. That'd be so funny. <laughs> well, that's like another film single... that this kind of get confused with, because there, there was that other film called... There was that yes, called Anna, Anna, Olga Kurienko. Mm. Um, no, the one with Sasha Luss, I'm thinking, <laughs> that was actually called Anna. Well, there you go. Well, there's, there's another film called The Serpent, um, with Olga Kurienko, which I think was based on the Harlem Coben novel. Oh, yes. Uh, it yes. was a French one. That, that, that was really good as well, actually. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see that. Actually. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so, scores. <laughs> scores. We have to, we have to, we, eventually we're going to have to score this. So, Steve? Three. Three. And Rich? Yeah. I'd say it's it's terrible, but it it does offer quite a lot of entertainment value if you approach it from the white angle. So, I'm, mm. I'm going to have to give it a six for that. A six. I, I'm going to go with five, which is about, I think that's what we gave the last Seagull, so not the last Seagull, the last Willis movie that we, we covered. Um, because I would rather watch this or something like it than another Willis performance. You know, as crazy and as nonsensical as this was, it was entertaining, you know. So and like you go. say, it's made by a number of people. Well, as far as we know, the, the sort of key players are very inexperienced. Exactly. As opposed to the Bruce Willis movies, where you've got very, you know, very good people, very experienced people in front yeah, and behind the camera. Exactly. Seasoned people working no excuses, on that film. Really. Exactly. No. <laughs> Here's somebody sort of saying, "I'm going to make something with my money." Here we go. You know, whereas other people are going, "I've got a great idea for a tax break." <laughs> Yeah, mm. but there you go. So there, there we have a, a, um, a bit of a spread. Was it a three you gave it, Steve? Yeah. yeah. yeah a three, a five, and a six for uh, The Serpent. You will find this on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Fueled. When her husband is brutally murdered, a young woman becomes obsessed with tracking down the killer, but her desperation leads to committing desperate acts. Um, okay, so the first thing we need to point out is this is an animated short, and all the characters are very little animals, um, which doesn't sort of like detract from the sort of grimness of the story. Uh, Rich, you are our curator for short films, what attracted you to this one? I was just struck by the the look of the artwork, basically. On the like, I just saw a thumbnail essentially, uh, and I just thought it had a very interesting look to it. And when I watched it, the it it does have kind of an almost like a Japanese anime kind of feel to it. 
but uh, it's yeah, it's it's you know, it's kind of dark Zootopia, essentially. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. it does it, you know, it's it's very. I mean, it, from the right, from the from the very start, you know, you what you you see the first scene. It's it was like nine minutes long. You see like the first scene of like. Um, you know, she's wrapped in a blanket, whatever. She's clearly, like, clearly traumatized, or whatever. You you immediately know that the signifiers are, are there that this is not a story for children. Yeah. Um. And then the way because it's you know you, you can t it's pretty much dialogue free, uh, and the, but the way it unfolds visually, you can see where you know it's kind of a revenge story, but it's it goes in a completely different. It, it sort of takes it to a certain point and then sort of turns. Uh, and I thought that was quite interesting. I would have, I, I would, I, I confess, I, I would have liked to have gone like a full revenge movie route. That would, that would have been, that I would have found that quite fascinating. But it, it is, you know, it's making its own statement mm. uh, about the nature of, you know, ve uh, you know, anger and you know, seeking vengeance and, and whatever. And I think, you know, it doesn't, get, it doesn't go down the sort of traditional. It's not an action movie. It's not even a thriller, really. It's kind of, it's almost like an incidental violence that occurs. That um, mm. yeah, I thought it. I think it plays out. I think it's a really interesting little film. Yeah, it's very sort of Coen Brothers in the way it sort of develops, and, and you know mm. the, um, the the tone of it. I think, um, yeah, it's the animation's really good. The, you know, e even so much as. Um, you know, when when she's trying to put the key in in the ignition, and she she's kind of misses on the first turn. You know, and, and you know, it's just sort of little nuances like that that sort of like really sort of help build the emotion of it. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, enjoyable, entertaining. Probably not the right words, but compelling to watch for sure. Um, and yeah, it's it's it really does sort of play on the idea of like you know the um, how your grief and anger in that sort of situation and sort of cloudy judgment. So we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check them out. And if you have a look in the footnotes, you'll find a link to this that is fueled on YouTube. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Savaged. Whilst travelling across America's southwest, a deaf-mute woman called Zoe is abducted, raped, and eventually murdered by a gang of ruthless white supremacists. However, her body is discovered by a shaman who attempts to revive her, but instead her body is possessed by a furious Apache warrior whose own death was at the hands of the ancestor of the gang's leader. Um, okay, I make no qualms about the fact that I love this film, Rich, and I've been sort of mentioning it for quite a while. So now that you've finally watched it, what do you make of it? Uh, I, I wasn't initially taken with it. It's got a very rough, low-budget look to it, uh, and some of the scenes look quite over... I don't know if it's overexposed or whatever, but the, you know, the, the, it just doesn't quite look right. But there's a moment towards the, uh, towards the beginning uh, where a uh, character is being pursued and he basically gets run down and i just thought considering what a low budget film this is that was a very well executed uh visual effects scene because i was just like I could, it, it looked like it had been done for real i thought you know it was just done it was it, i mean it's very quick but i thought it was mm. executed so well and then yes there's all the very nasty um 
rape you know it's a rape revenge story which is it's both it, it, it is kind of a, a un, uncomfortable you know it's it's a, a very unfortunately a very well uh well established genre in its own right it is, sub yeah. genre which is kind of a bit makes you a bit uncomfortable um especially these days um but you know it's 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 kind of in the vein of I spit on your grave, or they call a macho woman, or ravage, which we had recently. There's, a, there's, mm. there's still quite a lot in this, but I think again, a bit like that visual effects thing. There's moments that sort of kick in that really blew me back. I mean, uh, the, the thing is, it's an, it, it's a horror movie, but it's, but the when the when the the vengeance scene starts, let's say, it's really, I wouldn't say it's an action movie, but it is more of an action movie. Mm. um the 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 way they're actually it's more it is more like you know um an action revenge film than a horror film i would i would say even though it doesn't feel like a, an action film but the, the the sequence some of this some really imaginative stuff uh the 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 visual of, again the effects work i thought was great there's a bit where you know she's it's it's the way it's shot and cut, you know. It's like there's she attacks this guy with a bottle, and it's like, whoa, you know. It's like mm. really severe impact. <laughs> uh, the the guy gets a, a a a pull cue through his eye socket, and uh, there's this bit, you know, she's pulling this guy's intestines out. <laughs> so it's like mm. it's like almost Peter Jackson ish kind of <laughs> level, but yeah. That so those scenes, all those sort of uh, OTT action uh, revenge kind of scenes really engaged me quite a lot and I thought actually the characters uh, it was quite interesting because you end up spending more time with the bad guys than the heroine because you know she's kind of the uh, you know supernatural avenging angels avenging force you know sort of thing coming after them Uh, and it's not like although we do spend a few scenes with her you know um uh, sort of trying to figure things out, what's going on, you know, the pain she's going through, and that. But a lot of it is kind of you're, you're with the group. What is like that slasher movie kind of is mm. in that way, you know, that you're spending all this time with these guys, you know, wondering what the hell's going on, and then being picked off one by one. You, you, you it's um, which is weird because you, these are characters you're not sympathetic to at all. But I thought that the performances I thought were were good. Uh, the uh, I, I think the only other thing I wanted to say was it's there's an interesting th- I don't know if you this was by design when you when you structured the show Mike but there is there is a very interesting dovetail oh, yeah. between this <laughs> and Jacob's wife mm-hmm. in that they're both basically stories of sort of quite meek uh, women you know becoming very empowered through this sort of kind of supernatural sort of horror kind of thing uh, in very different ways i mean in, in jacob's wife there's no real there's not real pain from what she's going in this uh, you know she's going through hell you yeah. know she's just having such an awful time uh and you know that manifests itself in in, in various ways but i think what un- what i felt undermined the film slightly was you know as you know in the first one the the source of the empowerment is another woman hmm. uh and in this one it's she's possessed by a man, which I thought yeah. kind of it's, uh, that sort of t- that takes the edge off. I think as I, that was a I, I, that was a negative for me. I think if she'd been if that had been a woman inhabited by the spirit of a, a female warrior from the past or whatever, I think that would have 
felt more appropriate for me in terms of the sort of story they were telling hmm. uh, um but yeah I, I do see i definitely saw what you what you liked about it i the, the thing that sold me on this film I, I saw a clip of that first murder in the in the bar and and it did sort of like you know take me back basically it's like the guest you know how the guest yeah. mm. stuff you know just you just stuff, stuff i mean again there's a scene in mm. a bar and it's just like completely takes you by surprise yeah you're just not expecting it to be like that <laughs> it's like that's how it, it was. was yeah exactly it was it was full-on you know the, the the moves that she pulls you know with, with, the, with the bottle and stuff the, the thing with the pool cue and and that guy had it coming you know but he's oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> so stick a tattoo on his neck for fuck's sake yeah, I thought that was amusing. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. It does take it back. The, the makeup effects are great because, you know, she, she's deteriorating, you know, some bits are falling off and things. And obviously, oh, it's the stuff with the maggots. That's really clever. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. This, this is a bit of a long reach, but the film that this reminded me of the most and, and mm. for, for its energy in its sort of, you know, independent sort of, um, sort of drive as anything, was The Terminator. Interesting. I thought you were going to say Evil Dead. <laughs> no, you know, I think there are certain parallels with, with, with The Terminator in, in you know, the, the way she, her body is, is sort of deteriorating and stuff as she's sort of going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I see what you're but, saying. But, and the Terminator know, itself was a slasher movie dressed up as yeah, a sci-fi movie. Exactly. And you know, this has um a sort of bit of a sub subversive streak, as you say, you know, because mm. we're you know, she she's kind of the he hero, <laughs> and these guys are definitely the bad guys. Yeah. And and it's sort of, you know, we're, we're, as you said, we're sort of spending time with them, sort of seeing how evil and and you know icky they are, sort of thing. And along the way, we've all we also spend time with her. Uh, her fiance, boyfriend, yeah. fiance, yeah, yeah. and because uh, he's, you know, the, she manages to. There was the whole thing about her making the call, which I was thinking, how is she mm. making a call if she's, if she's deaf? But um, he does explain that of, he he is basically explain, Mr. Yeah. Exposition, you know, yeah. in, in the film. He, he's the one sort of setting up things and explaining things, you know, which, which again, as you say, otherwise would would be otherwise plot holes. You yeah. know, well, it kind of reminded hell? me of the structure of, you know, like that's like a, maybe like a psycho influence, you know, you've got the mm. investigator come in and, you know, sort of looking at yeah. things and stuff. And then it, it, he's he's like he's like trying to find her and find so a bit like, um I mean, we had that wrong turn reboot mm. recently, which essentially did the same thing. But with a I think it was her father um, yeah. following on and trying to follow the breadcrumbs and whatnot. And there's, you know, there's emotion, there's pathos there between uh, in, in this film. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. The way that unfolds, you know, the, the, I think it know. does a very good job of you know the, the sell, selling that sort of human sort of you know yeah, aspect yeah. of it, and 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 sort of keep keeping her sort of grounded, as it were, and instead of just turning her into sort of a mindless killing machine possessed by an ancient Apache. You know, um, she she is still sort of grounded with a her bond with it with a, a fiance that gets sort of pulled yeah. into stuff. The but, funny um, thing was, we a few weeks ago we looked at the film Savage with Olivia hmm. Gruner, which yeah. a, which did touch on a lot of the same kind of things, except in that case, you know, it was aliens or whatever that you know yeah. giving him the powers or whatever. But the the the, the source plot of you know the the film in, in so this per, one person is you know transformed, you know, hmm. uh, it made a, a very sort of primal 
vengeance sort of terminator like figure Mm. That you know, it's the same thing. I mean, the titles even, uh, you know, obviously are very similar, but you know, the execution is is completely different. But uh, I just thought that was really interesting. That yeah, you know, they 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 both take these same similar ideas. I mean, this this is touching on lots of different things. But say, like you say, specifically like um, something like a slasher movie or um, you know, rape revenge and whatever. But it it, it does stand out, I think, mm. from. You know, it's not. It's it's very different because it's got that sort of supernatural element, which yeah. it doesn't lean into heavily. You know, she's not flying around or something. Well, she's not much. The most, <laughs> there are well, no, she levitates. There's, there's one stuff. particular goofy moment where yeah. she she is she's given um, the, these weapons, which which is a bit of a goofy sort of CGI effect, but you mm. know, it's beside the point. I think mm. the 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 sort of you know the rape side of it. Um, you know, I, I I I think it was last year I had to watch all of the um, I Spit on Your Grave movies, mm-hmm. all of them. So that's the, you know the original, the remake, and its two sequels, and then mm-hmm. the remake, no, the, the the sequel to the original, um, which is a lot. You know, and and by the way, I actually recommend I Spit on Your Grave three. So the DTV go. one. The DTV one. It's actually pretty good, and it's got things to say about um, sort of how how to handle material. I must admit, I'm, I was quite impressed with it. Anyway, I didn't think that in this case I was a bit worried about the rate, but it wasn't too heavy. Exactly. You know, so they cut so away. It's, at, they cut it's away nasty. Right it, I mean, they, they, yeah. So there's nothing graphic about it, but no. at the same time, they they. They do go out of their way to make it look as nasty as possible. You know, the fact that she's been tied to the bed with barbed wire, yeah, you know, yeah. is and oh, yeah, when she pulls herself free, oh, okay. uh, yes, it's, you know, Steve, um, you know, he didn't get a chance to watch this because, but you know, he's quite squeamish. You know, he's he's uh, with certain things. I don't think he'd have got on with this <laughs> at certain moments. Um, but there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, and you know that ending is you know I mentioned Terminator. Um, that ending just sort of is straight out of T two basically. You know mm-hmm. the, the way it ends. I thought it was superb. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, don't really have anything else to say on it. But, oh, the, the only other thing, just a sort of a, a bit triv, is it's called Savaged here, which was the original title. Yeah. Uh, when it was released in America, they had to change it to Avenged. Oh, okay. Because um, they were a bit. I'm not sure if it was because Savages had come out more oh, or less the at the same Stone time, the thing. Oliver Stone one. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was because they're a bit worried about sort of you know getting flack. Oh, you, you think you know all sort of you know First Nation people are sort of savages, do you? You know that sort of thing. But no, I I really like this. Uh, I think it's got um, you know a real independent sort of streak to it you know real oomph going for it um it is nasty you know uh, even if you take the rape out of it there's a lot of sort of blood and guts going on in this one some some really good sort of special effects work yeah, uh, it's very low budget but it definitely it's punching above its weight yeah I oh definitely say. i mean there are you know there are one or two moments there's a car crash which looks incredibly fake sort of cgi but the thing is I don't mind bad CGI if it's obvious that they're, you know, stretching themselves to do something. 
if it, if if you know if a big budget movie had bad CGI, then you know it's got no excuse. Mm-hmm. But I think if you if you're doing your best, sort of, you know, think, you know, really want to sort of push this, okay, it's lacking a bit of polish, you know, that's not going to take me out of the film, basically. I, I can accept that. But there you go. So this is currently on Amazon Prime. Um, I heartly recommend it. You know, trigger warning if if you if you um, you know not inclined to sort of sit through a rape scene, then you know you might want to fast forward a bit. But it's it's a cracking film. Um, really recommend it. And that is the end of this week's show. Um, Steve unfortunately had um, some technical issues, which is why he dropped off the um, the call. Uh, but he'll be back next week, I'm sure. So thanks, Rich, for sticking through to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at the DTV Digest. Also check out the Short Shots, where Rich uh, puts a link to a new short film every night around about 8pm. Other than that, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.